Welcome to DFS with Fields of Fantasy, hosted by Johnny B, Dowie, and our DFS expert, Riku. How's it going, everybody? It is your boy, Johnny B, and we are back here again after a long, hard off-season, desperately waiting for NFL football to be back. Seven hours. Is it seven hours? Or is it nine hours? Seven. Seven hours of commercial-free football. Um, and that means one thing. It means DFS with Fields of Fantasy is back. DraftKings is back. DFS is back. We're excited. I'm joined, as always, by Dowie and, of course, our DFS expert, Riku. How are you feeling, both of you? And are you extremely excited, like I am, for another season of DFS action? I am so excited. It's Monday. The sun is shining. I'm four beers down. I was that excited to get back on this. My team is selected. I'm confident that I'm going to win our league, and I'm even confident I'm going to do some business in the millionaire matchmaker. <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. mean, that's that's big talk, but here we go. Uh, but I'm I'm just uh, happy the summer's over and the NFL is starting. I mean, I think the NFL fans in the UK are the only people that are happy that they trade in good weather for NFL action. So every Sunday now until January is more or less covered. Um, definitely absolutely and remember if you want to get in on that dfs action you can join the fields of fantasy weekly contest there is a link in the description of this podcast episode and also if you want to keep you know up with when we're uploading the contest every single week head over to twitter fields of fantasy nfl at fof nfl uk and the links will be up there you know tuesday wednesday whenever it uh, uploads each week so without further ado we're going to have our first weekly uh, overview before we get into our pick. So, Riku, take it away. Thank you. Uh, week one, always a tricky one. We don't know how teams are going to play. Lots of new offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, rookies, off-season off acquisitions. So, a lot is up in the air. And often when we look at the uh, Vegas lines for these games... The first few weeks, they're probably going to be more often at any other point in the season. So it's always a good opportunity to play the games and the teams that you think are going to do well in the first few weeks as Vegas catches up on how good these teams are going to be. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answers. So we don't know how good the quarterbacks are going to be, how good the defenses are going to be. So a lot is up in the air. Obviously, the main thing that we don't know also is snap rate. So we don't know some of the split backfields like the Washington Commanders. We don't know whether it's a 50-50, 70-30, who's going to be catching passes. And the same goes for a lot of these teams like the Jags where Tank Bigsby's come in and we don't know what's going to be his role versus ETN's role. So there's a lot of projection and lots of guesswork to be done, but that makes it for entertaining DFS uh, slate. Uh, just looking at the slate and the games that are sort of predicted to be the highest scoring, uh, the one that sticks out for everyone is uh, the Chargers against uh, the Dolphins. And that's obviously going to be playing near Dome. Um, and there's two high-powered offenses. Everybody's very excited how Kellen, how Kellen Moore is going to do with that Chargers offense. And, you know, last season we didn't see Justin Mills and many Good games from DFS uh, point of view. They have great weapons. Uh, they have a high-powered offense. And we've obviously seen Miami is going to be more of the same. So it could be a really explosive game. 
which I think is going to capture a lot of the field's attention. So lots of people will be having players from that game. Uh, the other high high price game or sort of high total games are going to be the Bengals against the, the Browns. But we don't know uh, what Joe Burrow's health is. They say it's going to be pretty good at this stage. But and also whether the Browns are just going to run the ball and run the clock. But that's the other game that I think a lot of people will be looking at. And finally, a game that I like a lot and we'll get to our picks is uh, the Rams against the Seahawks. Partly because the Rams, we've seen them uh, having a good offense on the Sean McQuay. Uh, Stafford's healthy again. Let's see for how long. But the Seahawks and Geno Smith can put up a lot of points as well. So that will be another interesting divisional game where both teams know each other well. Uh, both teams have made some additions, but nothing too much. And as we all know, the first games, there's a lot of scripted plays. There's a lot of uh, sort of schemes and things that will be new. So that means that there could be a lot of scoring, although some of the teams will be rusty. But that's week one. And uh, we'll see where the season takes us. Awesome. It is definitely going to be interesting. And it does always, it does take a few weeks for us to learn the lessons of those snap uh, percentages and see where the value really lies. But it does also give you the opportunity to find some real bargains as Vegas, as you said, are trying to figure out the real values of the players. So as always, we do start off at quarterback. Dowie, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. I think I've got two good ones. So my higher-end quarterback, Justin Herbert, 6,900. I think he'll let it rip in Kellen Moore's new offence. I see this game being a high-scoring shootout, so you would expect him to have to throw the ball a lot, lots of touchdowns. So I think Herbert's a good value. Well, I think he's actually a good value at 6,900. So my higher-end is probably my number one. Um, for my lower budget quarterback, I'm looking at Jordan Love, 5,000. I don't think many people will be looking at him. I think this might be the cheapest we see him as well. Bears' defence has improved, but, you know, it takes weeks for them to gel. He's got really good weapons. He's been playing in that office, offence, learning for the last three, four years. I also think this could actually be a higher scoring game than people think so. Just Jordan Love, 5,000, I think good value. And he's quite good on the ground as well. So Cool, that's interesting. Um, Jordan Love was someone I was probably looking at. But as you say, if does seem to get any potential, then it's probably going to be the cheapest you're going to see him. How cheap is he again? 5,000. Yeah, so he's pretty bloody cheap then. Um, I'm not going quite as cheap and I'm not going quite expensive either for myself this week. Um, I'm looking at two games in particular, which I'm targeting, kind of, trying to go away from the um, the obvious matchups of the Rams and Seahawks and so on. So for me, I'm looking at the Minnesota against Tampa and I'm looking at New Orleans against Tennessee. If we start off with Minnesota, you know, I expect um, Justin Jefferson to just have a very, very good uh, season again. Um, and, you know, Tampa weren't as good as they were in defence as we've been uh what's the word expected. used to yeah expected them to be last season their offensive work they had offensive woes as well um and i actually think they're going to struggle to keep their offense on the field especially early on baker mayfield's awful um 
So it's going to give the uh, opposition a lot of chance to be on the field and to make plays. And if you're high on Jefferson, then you have to probably expect that um, Kirk Cousins at that 6,300 um, should be able to have a, a good week. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking there's a decent stack to be made there. Um, and then I'm also looking at, um, well, the other thing about Tampa as well is they have made a lot of changes and they have invested heavily through free agency and the draft into their defense. But also, you know, it's week one. It's a lot of change and they'll need time to gel. So I wouldn't expect, you know, that investment to be paying off if it does straight away anyway. And um, the other um, QB I'm looking at, I think he's remarkably good value here at 5,300 against potentially probably one of the worst teams against um, QBs and wide receivers last season. The secondary for the Titans was absolutely god-awful, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the same this season. Carr, Alave, it just seems a match made in heaven. Alave is really cheap, six and a half, way behind any of the elite uh, wide receivers. And, you know... He got 13.9 points on average last season. I think he's going to get higher this season. Um, I think it's obvious that he will. Carr is a better quarterback. And Carr generally does get best, um, does get some good games and get good points out of his wide receivers. You look at what Renfro did two seasons ago, and obviously Adams elite, and he was still up there with Carr, despite Carr throwing deceptions all over the place as well. But, um, yeah, I do like Carr at 5,300 because it gives you the opportunity to be able to get the likes of Jefferson and Alave in the same team as well. And, uh, yeah, and even get some elite running backs as well, just by spending 5,300. So I think he's a bargain. What about yourself, Rico? Whereabouts are you? Uh, looking at I've quarterback. got a few mid-price quarterbacks rather than a high-end and a cheap one. So I really like Lawrence this week. So Trevor Lawrence for the Jags against uh, the Colts. Uh, I think the Colts could be quite bad offensively. Uh, and we do know in divisional games, what coaches like to do is they do like to keep the foot on the throttle. So I could see uh, Lawrence throwing the ball a lot, even if they do take a lead. And I think for Lawrence, this will be a season where he sort of goes to the upper echelon. So for 6500 priced under Tua, priced under Justin Jefferson, he, although he's not a rushing quarterback, can get you a few points on the ground. But I think this could be a really game where he, where they come all guns blazing. So I like that game, and I like uh, Lawrence as an option. The other one I like is Geno Smith uh, at 6,100 for the Seahawks against the Rams. Uh, again, divisional game. So that means that we do know that Pete Carroll would probably like to beat uh, Sean McVay comprehensively. The Rams have a terrible defense. Uh, my only worry with Geno is that maybe they'll start running the ball uh, later on, which will take away from some of Geno's sort of high upside. But I do think if the Rams can keep it close, particularly if Cop is playing and able to play, then Gino could be a good option um, to play in this game at 6,100. And he's a bit different to, um, I'd say, to say the Herberts and others. He's a bit cheaper, not by much, but I think that will be enough differentiation and also to condense the offense. So we do know where the ball's going to go. It's going to go probably the cop, uh, sorry, to Lockett and Metcalf. I think JSN is going to be played in slowly. So, you know, it's a pretty easy one what to do with Gino um, if you do stack him with players. 
So I do like that, that it's not going to be, they're not going to be spreading the ball around too much. But those are my two quarterbacks. It's quite an interesting one, isn't it? I do like these early weeks because you don't have the bye weeks and there's a hell of a lot of options, which just get a lot more interesting, doesn't it? Because <clears throat> it's going to be quite spread on who's taking what QBs. Be interested be interested the percentages, weren't it, through the week, who's the most owned player? I think it's going definitely. to be Herbert. I think it's going to be Herbert and Tua. Probably people are going to be flocked to that game, but partly because, well, particularly Tua, you know who to stack Tua with, right? Mm-hmm. Herbert's a bit tricky, and he can probably do more. I mean, you can go with Everett, or you can go with uh, sort of ancillary pieces. You can even play Herbert or Eckler, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting if if everyone's going to go to Herbert, especially. These early weeks, you've you got to try and find some type of differential. So that's why I'm kind of trying to work my way into going away from that game because I think it's going to be so heavily owned. Um, right. So we go to running backs. Um, yeah. So my running backs are Joe Mixon. Um, you know, he's not got P Ryan there. It's probably even less of a, uh, it's going to be even more of an RB1 than he was before. P Ryan, when he, well, when Mixon got injured, P Ryan um, was pretty unbelievable and then after that the snap percentage did go down um but they are playing uh cleveland who you know throughout history throughout the last few years well decade probably have been pretty much run first um themselves but they haven't been able to defend the run either it was a matchup that i targeted again and again last season and i just like his price again 6800 it's not too expensive I don't think any of the elites have necessarily the most amazing matchups, you know, against defenses that are particularly bad against uh, the running game. So I think some of the cheaper options are better. Um, so Joe Mixon for me is an easy choice at 6,800. And Riku, you mentioned the Washington back room, and I have actually gone for one of them because I think. Um, I fancy a punt and it really is a punt because you don't know what way the uh, snap percentage is going to be split. But I'm actually going to take Gibson at 5,200 because I think he's going to be extremely low owned. Um, But I think against Arizona, who I think on paper are probably the favourites to be the worst team potentially in the whole of the Football League, you know, challenging the Texans for that uh, award for being the worst. Um, and I really want to target someone in that game. I'm struggling to find where I want to be. And I probably is the running game is where I want to go because that's where Arizona are particularly bad, unless you want to go for a tight end. But I have no faith in Logan Thomas after last season. Um, so for me, Gibson, a, a nice little choice at 5,200. You could go with Brian Robinson Jr. as an alternative, but Gibson seemed to have a bit more of an average over the two of them across the season. It's a risky one. Um, but I'm not spending much money there to get a differential. I can't see him being owned by many people at all. So, yeah, they're my running backs. I'm happy to go next, and I I do like Gibson. I was actually considering him, partly because they'll probably keep running the ball if they take an early lead, because one thing Riviera needs is wins and good success. And I think the enemy, as we've seen what, what he's been able to do with chief running backs and I think Jarek McKinnon is probably the closest player they have to sort of Gibson's the closest player they have to for Jet McKinnon. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they play, you know, they scheme a lot of touches up for him. 
And also with McLaurin uh, potentially being injured or not 100%, that could open up some opportunities with Gibson. I think Dotson's going to be super owned if McLaurin mm. is healthy. So I think Dotson's going to be very well owned. But I just don't trust Sam Howell enough. Uh, I know there's a lot of hype and excitement around Sam, Sam Howell, but I just don't trust him enough. And I don't think they're going to make him throw the ball deep. So I think Gibson, Dumpoffs are a good shout. Uh, the players I like is... Um, Aaron Jones for the Packers uh, against um, Chicago. And Chicago are not good defensively. 6,300, so he's cheaper than, say, James Conner or Mixon. Um, I think the Packers are going to be running the ball a lot this season. And I think they'll be loves the type of quarterback that will, you know, give dump offs to Gibson. And we've seen Gibson, sorry, not Gibson, Aaron Jones. And we've seen Aaron Jones uh, have those big games on the ground, but also in the air. So I think uh, they'll use him a lot early in the season. And especially if they can establish a lead, they're probably going to run the ball a lot. And I think Aaron Jones could be sort of a sneaker player. And we've seen him go for big points. So last season, just looking through his game log, he had had, uh, 35 points against the Bears in the second week of last season. Uh, He had 28 points against the Commanders. Uh, even had 26 points against the Cowboys. So I think uh, Aaron Jones is a good sort of player to have this week. I don't think he'll be that popular, partly because people are worried about uh, AJ Dillon stealing touches. But when Aaron Jones goes off, he already goes off. Um, The other one is, uh, I think it's a fairly obvious one, 5,400. Raheem Moster uh, for the Dolphins against the Chargers. I don't think Dolphins will have many uh, options. And most is one of those home run hitters that he doesn't need many plays to pay off his price. Uh, he's extremely fast, one of the fastest players in, in the league, if not the fastest uh, running the ball. He's also, they'll use him in the passing game. And I think Miami, they're not great at running the ball. They don't have a good offensive line, but uh, McDaniels is a good schemer. And I think they'll have to use, they'll have to run the ball more this season. And we do know the Chargers from last season, run defense was their Achilles heel. They don't have a great run defense. So I can see uh, Miami running the ball at some point in the game or using uh, most in the passing game. And for 5,400, you know, he could easily get you over 20 points for that. So uh, I think he's a good bet compared to some of the even more expensive players in that price range. Excellent. So my two running backs. I think this one is actually a no-brainer. J.K. Dobbins, 6,600. Playing against the Texans. Everyone ran over the Texans last year. And now, I know Ravens' offence may change. They might be a bit more pass-heavy. But you'd expect them to take a big lead. And Ravens will run the ball to the ground then, won't they? So, either way, he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, Also, he's great in the red zone. So, Dobbins for me, easy. A cheaper running back, Jamal Williams, 5,100. With Kamara suspended for three games, I think this is the most action we'll see off him all season. With uh, I think he'll get more volume on the ground. He might get some pass catching, and I think he was always going to get the red zone work as well. So I think this is a week, 5,100, I, I think is good for him. Great. I think with Dobbins, my only watch out for him is that given he missed a lot of camp, I don't know how they're going to use the backs if he's 100%, but I think he's, you know, if they play him at a good snap rate, 60 
he'll be excellent because we do know how the uh, Ravens can run all over the Texans. But I think he'll be a very good choice. Uh, face week one, so you have to take some rest somewhere, right? So yeah. I think he's a good option. Uh, Jamal Williams, um, I've never, I'm, he's burned me a few times last season, but I've never been a big fan of his because I think he's a bit of a plodder. But, you know, he can fall into the end zone a couple of times. So. That's entirely possible. But, yeah, I like Dobbins, and I was actually considering him myself. Yeah, he's a good price as well at 6600 I think. I don't think you need to spend big money on running backs this week. There's so much value behind it. Uh, and one honourable mention none of us have done, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I'm not... I, I'm going to... I mean, Sanders will probably get a lot of volume, but, I mean, that wait and see with the Panthers, because I saw them... They didn't play particularly well in the preseason, although it's the preseason, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. Sanders could be good. And we've seen him have those big games, but he's not a bad shout at all. But oh, His price, I just like his price. I think good value. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be... I might consider him. He might have changed my mind. Maybe I need to think. I, if, the, if, if the opponent was someone I wanted to target, I, I would pick him. And one thing I would say with the Panthers, it doesn't matter what running back they've had since CMC. They've all been quite successful in a fantasy DFS. So they're a run first team as well. They're situated to that. So that's the only thing. I don't I don't really think Sanders is that good, but I think the Panthers have a good run scheme for him. I don't see his price staying that cheap. So if you want to get on him, it's get on getting on now. Should we move to wide receivers? Absolutely. Do you want to start Riku? Yeah, happy to start. So I already mentioned uh Ram Seahawks. So Tyler Lockett, uh He's one of my wide receivers. Um, Tyler Lockett is priced at uh, 6700 It's not cheap by any means. Um, but I think the Rams will have one of the worst secondaries and sort of back ends of the team in the league. So, And we do know if he becomes a shootout, Tyler Lockett's the guy that can catch those 40, 50-yard passes from Geno. And he actually was the player last season that, had those really big weeks, uh, whereas Metcalf played well, but he didn't really break the slate. So I think, you know, if you're looking for somebody that can get you 30 points, a healthy Tyler Locker, who's going to be on the field every play, more or less, is a good option for 6,700. So I prefer him to, um, say, a T. Higgins or New Hopkins, although I do like Olave at that range. The other player uh, I have is, Again, going back to the quarterback I was thinking about is Calvin Ridley. A lot of this is projection. I mean, we haven't seen um, Calvin Ridley on the NFL field for nearly two years. But Calvin Ridley at 6,500 against Indy. Indy don't have... Their cornerbacks have like combined 10 games, sort of 10 games in total in the NFL. So Calvin Ridley, the way he's been looking this offseason, the way he's been what's been discussed at camp and him being mm. Trevor Lawrence's favourite target. I don't see Calvin Ridley being 6,500 in a few weeks' time. So I think Calvin Ridley, for me, is a very good option and a fairly obvious one. And we've seen Calvin Ridley a few years ago, you know, be one of the best wide receivers to target in DFS. Uh, and if he hasn't lost a step um, after a few years, he could really uh, sort of he could end up in the same price range as your AJ Browns or Devontae Smiths or others in a couple of weeks. So I, I, re I really like this game and I really like uh, a Lawrence to Calvin Ridley kind of stack. I must admit, yeah, there are like two it. players that I haven't looked at. 
They're not on my uh, radar. I, I looked at Ridley myself, but it, you know, I'm like I, I'm happy to gamble over the season. I I think I, I the reason I didn't go there. I just think there's quite a lot of value on the board because it's an early week and there's no bye weeks. And I just thought, do I need to take that gamble on Ridley? I mean, the opposition's great for him. I think there's a, other people around that's got good opposition, but I just, I'm not 100% sure on him. And it, it is a gamble because we haven't seen him play for that long. But yeah, at that price, I do agree that if he's anything like he could be, then it'll be a massive bargain. The Rusty is it, just worries me. Well, that's it. It could, and it might take him a couple of t- games to get going, but. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of I, I thought about him, but I went away. Um, and you can probably guess who my what two wide receivers are. Um, if you go off my quarterbacks, either of you want to hazard a guess? Chris Alave. Yeah, yeah. And who's and who's the other one? Okay. Um, who was your other quarterback? Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jeff Jefferson's an obvious pick, isn't he? I think. As I say, I think the Minnesota offense is going to be on the field quite a lot, and I think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, and to be fair, Madison actually might come into the game just through volume. And that's a good going back to the running backs. Um, by the end of the game, they might just run it out. But I think Jefferson definitely uh, against Tampa is going to have a good game. You know, as I said, if you're high on Jefferson, you stack him with Cousin. And then same with you know, my reasoning is exactly the same why I was picking Cousins. And my reasoning for Alave is exactly the same. Uh, as why I'm picking Carr. So I don't think I need to go over them too much, but I do just, I'd like the opposition. I think uh, they've both got good opportunities this week. What I will say though, so I don't talk about them too much because I don't think I really need to, is if you do want to go towards that Minnesota and you're thinking, I don't want to spend that 8,800 on Jefferson, I do like one wide receiver at the Minnesota this week because I think he's absolutely could be a bargain and a big differential because I think he could be very under-owned. It is KJ Osborne, an average of 10 points uh, last year. All he needs is a touchdown and that 10 points becomes 15 points. And usually if he gets a touchdown, it's uh, one with quite a lot of yards added on top. So I think at 4,300, it's a very, very good one to have in your flex. Um, so just keep that one in mind. I think a lot of people will probably go towards Addison just because he's the new boy in the block and he's the rookie. But, you know, Osborne's still a guy that Cousin seems to like. So I think he could have a good week this week. And I think he's worth a little gamble at 4,300. He can even hit five points this week or hit really low score. But just at 4,300, if it's allowing you to spend your money anywhere else and get some, you know, big talent in, then... Why not? I think, yeah. And we often see this early in the season, so people will be very excited with the likes of Zay Flowers and others, but it's very common that you'll see more experienced wide receivers running ahead of these guys. So I do think uh, KJ, it wouldn't surprise me if KJ Osborne had more snaps than Addison come week one and then they sort of play him in. And talking of like cheap players, I I mean, I like uh, Mingo from the Panthers because particularly if Charles yeah. isn't playing, I mean, he's 3,200. They're going to have to play him, right? And, uh, you know, at some point you could see them chasing the game and, you know, let him price young, throw the ball. So a 3,200 Mingos. Wow. A good, cheap option. 
I didn't realise how cheap he was. Okay, that's what I'm going to be noting down before my final game, uh, yeah. my final squad on uh, Sunday. What about yourself, Dowie? Where uh, are you going with wide receivers? It's a, for me, my high end is a no-brainer. Chris Alave, 6,500. He's going to be Derek Carr's main weapon. Titan's secondary is horrendous. I just think it's a no-brainer. Um, my cheaper option is... Uh, this might shock some people, but I think it'll be... Not very well owned, to be honest. Jacoby Myers. Uh, with Devante Adams facing a lot of Pat Sertain, Broncos' main cornerback, I can see a lot of volume for Myers, especially with no Waller. He's going to be a like, tight end slot. So he'll get the volume based, I think. And uh, Jimmy G used to love going to his slot and his tight end. So I actually think in week one, 4,800. Well, not score heavy, but I think he'll be a consistent scorer. So I think with the volume, Jacoby Myers could be a nice little pivot away because I don't see many people going for him. Any yeah, cheap good Any cheap options that's uh, sort of you were interested in, or um, I tell you one as a gamble, and I can't pronounce his name. The Rams wide receiver Puki. Pukadakua. Yes, with Cup out, he's three thousand. He could be the man to step in. I think there's a yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple of those like Marvin Mems Jr. is like three thousand. So if Judy doesn't play, Marvin Mems Jr. is quite an obvious one. The other one I think people will be interested in is Elijah Moore, uh, three thousand eight hundred for the Browns. But I'm always wary about players that are a short target players, so they might get five catches for or four catches for forty yards or fifty yards and. That's nine points, which isn't bad for the price, but it just doesn't do enough for you. What you really want is those cheap guys hitting and getting 15, 20 points. Yeah, and getting a massive chunk play with a touchdown type. Yeah, type that's why... If you're going cheap, that's what you're hoping for, isn't it? Touchdown with a chunk play. That's why someone like Marvin Mims Jr. was fast and you know, downfield threat, and especially if he becomes a shootout. We know how those Raiders quarterbacks be. they all over the place. Uh, yeah. So it could be... Uh, Sneaky play. Okay, then. Should we move on to tight ends? Dowie, do you want to take us away? Yeah, my least favourite position. Uh, I'm looking at Dallas Goddard this this week. 5,000. Pat's a very good uh, cornerback, so you could see Eagles forced to go through the middle. You know he's always volume-based as well. He gets a lot of targets and um, snap. Um, hopefully, if he can bang a touchdown, you know, that 5,000, he pays it off. So he's probably my favourite tight end, actually, this week. A bit cheaper, not much cheaper. Greg Dolce at 4,000. You know how bad the Raiders' defence is, especially in the red zone. Jerry Judy could be out as well, so you could see Dolce get that red zone target. So at 4,000 against a poor defence, I don't think Dolce is your bad value. I always worry. There's a couple of teams where I'm worrying about tight ends, and one is Denver, and I was thinking, and the other one's uh, Saints, just because they've got so many tight ends. So... But Dolchich, everybody was very excited earlier in the in the best ball season. Then I think they had a, uh, a friendly and essentially Dolchich wasn't catching targets. It was Troutman. So, but Dolchich has the talent. So, again, mm. it's week one. So people just need to go what they got and kind of think about what happens uh, rather than trust what happens in the off season because we've seen it so many times. Last year, Zamir White was going to be the number one rusher for the Raiders, and we all see how that went. Uh, for, for me, it's uh, there's two tight ends that stick out, but again, I this week nothing sticks out because you've got the high-end guys 
and you have a lot of cheap guys that you don't really know what their roles are. I like Evan Ingram uh, for uh, the Jaguars against Indy. People can probably already guess what stacks I'm looking at. Ingram, Evan Ingram's one of those players where he's more of a wide receiver. He can't block at all. So I can see him, you know, if you end up going for Redley and Ingram with Trevor Lawrence, that's not a particularly expensive stack. Uh, he can get you those 20 points in a game. Uh, he's, I mean, he went for 42 points against Tennessee last season against the Jets, one of the best defenses in the league. And against the Chargers, he went over 20 points last season. But he's very boom or bust, so uh, we're caution. The other one is uh, Tyler Higby, 4,800, which is very steep for Tyler Higby because he catches the ball and sort of falls into end zone, more or less. But um, if Cop isn't playing or isn't 100% healthy, he's the number two receiver in the team, and he can't say that for many tight ends. And we have seen, you know, Stafford target him a lot. So last season, I mean, he had one game uh, against the Broncos where he went, he had nine receptions, 11 targets, 94 yards and two touchdowns. So that's 30.4 points. So it's more true volume. And if it becomes a game that actually catches fire, then Tyler Higby could be a good sort of bring back, who's a lot cheaper than Cooper Cup uh, for the Seahaw- for Seahawks that. But nothing really sticks out, and I guess the cheaper, the cheaper tight end option. I think many people will be flocking towards Hayden Hurst for the Panthers, uh, who's three thousand, or Irv Smith for um, Cincy, as we know, who's three thousand six hundred, and we know that Joe Burrow likes a tight end. Yeah, I quite like Higby this week as well. I think um, all of last season when we looked at tight ends. The first thing you looked at was who's playing the Seahawks and who's playing the Cardinals. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, when Cup was out, Hickby's snap percentage, as you said, went so much higher. Um, and it definitely aided uh, Hickby's fantasy value with Cup not being around. And probably um, also the fact that the Rams were crap and it, he was the shorter, easier target. Um, for my tight ends then, um, anybody going to guess what tight ends have gone? There might be a theme through my team. It's definitely a Saints. Well, Hawkinson. Taysom Hill. <laughs> no, I, I haven't <laughs> gone Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm not that brave, although if you do go Taysom Hill, uh, maybe it's not the worst idea, a little Taysom. How much is Taysom Hill in this one? Uh, let's see. But, you know, Taysom Hill could be running the ball and vulturing those Jamal Williams touchdowns, which would annoy Dowie a lot, right? Uh, so Taysom Hill uh, is questionable. He's 3,700. So he's not as cheap as I thought he might be. Um, but I have gone with, um, well, Hawkinson to start with. Um, again, I just think that stack, you know, he's questionable at the moment, but he is looking like he will be playing week one. Um, I just like that stack against Tampa. I really don't think they're going to be a very good team this week, uh, this year. Uh, and I think... Um, I really like targeting that, and that's probably going to be one of my main stacks. And then my other stack, as I said, I'm really happy to target is um, that Saints game. I really want um, as many Saints players as I can. And I think, for me, um, John Johnson is probably one of the um, undervalued uh, tight ends in uh, the game. He definitely improved as well throughout the season. So, 
two easy ones for me. I mean, there's a lot of choices for tight ends this week. Um, and, you know, it's, it'll be an interesting one with Logan Thomas against Arizona. Uh, he's meant to be working his way back, but whether he's going to play or not, it's a different kettle of fish. Who, who's the backup tight end at Washington? Cole Turner. Yeah. So how much is Cole Turner? And this, you might think this is a pretty left field. But he's two thousand five hundred. If Logan Thomas doesn't play, that is cheap. All he needs to really get you is ten points, and that's all you need is a return on that yeah. two thousand five hundred. And you know, Arizona by far the worst team against tight ends, and they are not better than they were last year. They are worse. Let me. Uh, that's yeah. That's a good shout. Let's see what happens with Logan Thomas. Let me just read through Hawkinson's number of targets since he's been at the Vikings. 9, 10, 9, 6, 6, 8, 9, 16, 12, 1, which is a game he didn't play much in, and 11. So he's been targeted like, you know, he's been targeted like uh, Andrews or Kelsey, and he's probably the second receiver in the offense. So I think for... 5,900 is not a bad shout. If somebody wants to be really brave and pick her cousins and fade, uh, you know, fade uh, Jefferson, then Hawkinson and, say, um, Osborne stack is a pretty good shout. It's a bit of a differential as well, again, if if you want to target that stack, definitely. I quite like that, actually. Um, yeah, even if you're not playing, if you're not, if you decide that you don't want to play uh, Jefferson and mm. Hawkinson to decent pivot, because if Hawkinson's scoring big, that's taking away touchdowns from Jefferson. So you could be a good yeah. one in those games, in those in those sort of lineups where you're not thinking about having uh, Jefferson, but you still want some action on that sort of Minnesota uh, possible. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's five thousand nine hundred. But people don't like spending too much on tight ends unless it's Kelsey, really. Yeah, I mean, but look, he's if you think about it, he's at the same price levels as a uh, uh, wide, wide receivers. Yeah, are probably going to have less targets. Yeah, so is that when you look at it in that way, is he is a bargain because then you can have a cheap wide receiver instead in your flex, I suppose. Yeah. So cool, excellent. Think- Should we move on to DSTs? Yes, I think this one was quite easy this week. I started from the lowest and then I Mm -hmm. worked my way up until I got to a team who I liked. Washington Commanders, 2,800. They're most likely going to be playing against Josh Dobbs. He's probably been in camp, what, three weeks? I think it's Cole Turner. They said that they might play Cole Turner, so not that it makes any difference. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, Cardinals are tanking. I don't care what anyone says. They're just ripping that team apart. Commanders don't actually have a bad defense on paper. I just don't like Cardinals at all. So at 2,800, I don't think you need to spend money. Get the commander. I can't see um the Cardinals getting any more than 20 points. Can you? No. Probably no. all season. <laughs> I, th- I think it would be a struggle uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, they're every. I think they're probably everyone's favourite if not second favourite to uh, have the first pick in the the draft aren't they? Yeah so that's that's where I look at it. They were the team I liked at the cheapest end of the scale when I stopped I thought I'd play them so commanders for me So 
I uh, I think Commanders is going to be like the most popular defense this week, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to pick defenses like that in one-sided games because essentially defensive scoring comes from interceptions, fumbles, you know, defenses touchdowns. And I can see that game being Commanders winning, you know, 25 or 26 and Cardinals getting like 18 points. And there might not be a huge amount of turnovers because they're not going to let uh, Clayton tune Cook. So I think it's a good it's a good one if you want to get safe defensive points uh, for cheap cost. It's the best defense on the slate uh, by a mile, I'd say. Especially when they play at home, they've got a good defensive line. But my only worry with that defense is, I caution all the listeners, James Conner is going to be running the clock down. Uh, Commanders will score early, but then they'll just pound the ball. So there's not going to be much opportunity for defensive scoring. So I like to look at defenses where there might be shootouts and, you know, there's a few picks and a quarterback's erratic. So, you know, that's the example of the Seahawks, uh, if you think the Seahawks are going to do well. So, you know, Seahawks have Tariq Woolham at the back as one of the better interceptors. So Stafford could be erratic and turn the ball over a couple of times. But my my pick for the week is the Packers, mainly because Fields uh, likes to get sacked a lot, as we all know. Fields is point that he's the most sacked quarterback in the league. Uh, I'm still not convinced he's throwing rate. You know, he's a great pass off the ball, and if they chase him the ball, there could be a lot of uh, pros at the back, and they've got Jai Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and a few other sort. Of um, good sort of safety, sorry, safeties and cornerbacks. So I think the Packers at 2,800 could be a nice pivot from the commanders. And even if it scores fractionally more points, if everybody has the commanders, then I think the Packers would make sense. But I think on paper, the Packers, the uh, commanders are much better pick. But I could see a game script where actually the Packers end up getting more defensive points. And I always like to advocate for going mm-hmm. for low-owned defences because it's such a position with variance that even if um, if 30% of the people in our tournament have the commanders and they get 20 points, then, you know, if you don't have them, then you have problems. But if they get four points and you pick someone else and you get eight points, you've got, you know, you've got five points in the field. Definitely, I like the Packers um, actually because I just thought just to build with his interception, he's going to be made to throw a lot more this year with having DJ Moore, Claypool, Mooney, Komet. You know, I, I don't think he can throw the ball, I think he's probably less accurate than Danny Jones. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think another thing is you know, target some of these rookie quarterbacks as well, um, where they're just trying to you know settle into the league uh, one of the defenses i like if we're going to spend some money i'm probably going to go i might pick the jags this week um simply because i can see them being up by a couple of scores and that's going to then have to force um indy to throw the ball and i could see definitely some interceptions in that game um and they are in terms of points per game last year uh on the slate they are about fifth. So, you know, you know that it's A, a good matchup for them um, because on top of, you know, 
Indy having to pass the ball. They were 32nd against defences last year. Um, so I, th- I think that is a good one to go for if you're going to spend some money. One that I think is a little bit left field um, and I think will be very little owned, even though the Broncos were probably one of the worst offences in the league last season, if not the worst uh, offence in the league last season. One that will not, will quite possibly not have Jerry Judy. It's actually picking the Raiders' defence. Um, the Broncos last year were 28th against defence and defences. And again, you know, if, if they're going to not be there with probably their best wide receiver, um, it could be a struggle for them. And, you know, they might be able to throw some hero balls to the likes of Marvin Mims. But actually, you know, getting forced to throw that could lead to some interceptions from big Russell Wilson, who is cooking on uh, uh, some low gas at the moment. So I think rate is at 2,300. If you want to go ultra cheap, because sometimes you find you spent too much money in your rest and you think you haven't got much money to spend on a defence. So Raiders at 2,300 could be quite cheap. And I think they're going to be very, very little. Owned. You know what I am going to say? I'm a Raiders fan. But if the Raiders were playing against you and Rico, I still wouldn't pick the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any faith in the Pat Graham scheme. Listen, I'd be a better defensive coordinator than him. <laughs> Big claim. Put you on the board. I, I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be one of the most awful games this week. That 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 game, one of the most awful games. I I mean, cheap defenses. Miami's defense, Big Fangio's probably the best defensive coordinator league. Yeah, they've lost Ramsey, but they've got really good cornerbacks. They'll be blitzing a lot. Uh, it will be interesting to see how the Chargers' offensive line performs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you're gonna fade that game and not play players from that game, um, or maybe play Raheem Mostert and you think uh, the Dolphins um, take a lead, then that Miami defense is a good way to sort of double down on your bets of saying uh, that game's not gonna take off. Miami's gonna be maybe scoring defensive touchdowns, turning the ball over, and Herbert's not gonna play well. So I do like Miami's another defense. I do like mainly because of Vic Fangio. And, you know, you give him a few months to scheme up plays. He's paid better than some of the head coaches in the league and he's got reputation. So, and it's mm. often blitz packages and other things. So I think they're going to make it very difficult for um, the Chargers. And there is a sort of universe where this game doesn't take off and actually the Chargers really struggle offensively with new offensives, coordinator, new schemes and... Um, and Dolphins, who have a good defense anyway, it's a very good defense. Yeah. Actually, could, you know, wreck havoc and win the game on the defensive side of the ball and turn it over and so forth. So I like Dolphins for that reason as well. My original, be... my, original defense, my original defense was actually going to be the Eagles playing against the Pats. I just couldn't fit them into my team with the money. I think they're going to score really well. They yeah. are going to struggle New England, aren't they? But they're going to keep it on the ground, you would have thought. Pressure from Most that Eagles D-line, mate. I think they're going to turn the ball up. Matt Jones struggles under pressure as well. He's, he's awful. Um, but, yeah, and going back to the Dolphins as well, I think they'll be very low-owned as, as well. If, if the perception of the 
um, people playing this week on the slate is it's going to be high scoring and Herbert's the most owned quarterback. It's very hard to then think that the Dolphins are going to be very high owned as a defense as well. Um, Because most people see that as contradictory, won't they? Yeah, exactly. um, I I agree, though, with your sentiment of um, pick your defense that's going to be little owned simply because you will get a better differential if yours performs and and the you know high percentage owned defenses you know don't go off it's yeah. what can win you the league but you if you've if you've got the high as you say if you've got the highest percentage owned defense that doesn't win you the league that just keeps you competitive if they do well but if they do rubbish you you know, and some and, and a little owned, it, it is such a differential for that person who's got the little owned defense. And um, defense so that's, scoring is just random. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was one there was one week last season where um, the Browns went off, didn't they? The rest of the season they were crap, but the, but that one that one week the Browns went off, and if you had the Browns defense, you probably won the uh, that week in DFS. Yeah, and there's sometimes there's weeks where I think it was the Cowboys were mispriced against someone, they defense. I can't remember who it was. Um, let me actually check that out. But everybody went for the Cowboys. Like everybody thought you have mm. to go for the Cowboys because it's just such a uh, it's such an obvious one. And they might have been like 2,700 or 800. And it was such a no-brainer. They were playing against someone terrible. So obviously everybody goes for them and they end up getting like five or six points. And at that yeah. point, everybody that didn't go for them that paid more or less just had a big advantage, a few points advantage. So I think with defences, just avoid get avoid having those high-owned defences for that very reason. It just is doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. Agreed. Well, that is all of our uh, tips and picks for this week for all three of us and we look forward to seeing you on the dfs streets as uh, riku likes to say uh, this week and make sure you do join the fields of fancy weekly contest five dollar buy-in and you might be able to get yourself a nice little prize uh, straight away on the first week all three of us will be joining and hoping we can get the prize ourselves link is in the description and you can also find it at our twitter f-o-f nfl uk thanks very much for listening and we'll see you in week two when we learn a little bit more about where the values are in this year's dfs ta-da